Life Audio. Hey there, friend. Heather Creekmore here. I'm glad you're listening to the Compare to Who show today. We are replaying some of our favorite seven minutes of scripture episodes this month. And today we're talking about Esther. Oh boy, I think you're going to be surprised at some of the ways, if you grew up in church like I did, some of the ways that Esther's story has been, shall we say, glamorized because Esther was beautiful, but she did not have it easy. And I think you'll be encouraged by what you hear today. Hey, quick reminders, compare to who the book, 99 cents on Kindle this month only. This never happens. So grab it, download it. If you're like, yeah, I haven't been sure if I want to read that book. I don't really read eBooks. Oh, I told someone recently, maybe you don't know this either. You can get a Kindle app for your phone. You don't have to have a Kindle reader. So grab the app, grab the book. I think you're probably going to want to go buy a paperback copy too, so you can make notes and underline in an easier way. But grab it for 99 cents. You can check it out. It's a great deal. Also, The Burden of Better, How to Live a Comparison-Free Life is only $2.99 on Kindle. So you can grab them both for like four bucks. That is a steal in this economy. Also, I am offering a couple coaching sessions. I got a couple spots left. Not very many, but you can grab one of those discounted coaching sessions this month. If you go to my brand new website, improvebodyimage.com, you can find out all the information there. Or you can set up a time for us to chat for 10 minutes just to see if coaching is right for you. Well, I'm excited to hear how you like today's episode. If you love it, will you leave a five-star review? Those reviews help other people find the show. I've got thousands of listeners and only like a hundred and something reviews. So friend, please just take a second and drop a review in there. That would encourage me so much. Okay, that's all. Let's get to today's episode. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Today we're going to do seven minutes of scripture on part of the book of Esther. Yes, I say seven minutes of scripture and I mean seven-ish minutes of scripture because there is so much here. I don't even know if I'm going to fit it all in this episode, but we'll see how it goes. But today we're going to look at the book of Esther and her story. And too often, y'all, I feel like this story has been portrayed like the Bible's Cinderella, a poor earth a poor orphan girl taken from rags to the king's palace where she becomes his queen, all because of how beautiful she was. But y'all, there's so much more to the story than this. So much more. In fact, what Esther really went through, most would need trauma therapy to recover from. God was with her every step and his protection and provision for her and the Jewish people is so clear from scripture. But her story is messy at best. Now, because body image is the major theme of the show, I want us to remember going in that beauty doesn't give us what it promises. 
You see, we live in a culture that preaches that beauty or the right body size will make you valuable. And too often in that word valuable, what we really mean is that if you are beautiful, you will be respected. You will be able to accomplish great things. People will love you because of your beauty. This is the type of value or worth we associate with beauty. But there's a dark side to the word valuable. And that's one thing we see in Esther's story. She had value to the king because of her beauty. Yes, but that's not the kind of value most of us aspire to. The real story of Esther isn't about the prettiest girl winning the beauty contest. It's much grittier than that. So let's read some of it together. We're going to start in chapter two. Okay, so I encourage you, it's a short book. Go read the whole book if you've never read Esther before, or go read chapter one later today so you can get some context. We're going to start in chapter two, and we're going to start by looking at verses two through four. Let me read it for you. Let beautiful young virgins be sought out for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom to gather all the beautiful young virgins to the harem in Susa the citadel under custody of Haggai, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women. And then verse eight. So when the king's order and his edict were proclaimed, and when many young women were gathered in Susa the citadel in custody of Haggai, Esther was taken into the king's palace and put in the custody of Haggai. Okay, let me give you a little bit of background here. Esther was already a second-class citizen. Okay, her people had been in exile thanks to the Babylonians, and now the Persians had defeated Babylon, but Esther and her older cousin Mordecai, who was raising her because she was an orphan, they had decided to stay in Susa. But now Esther was gathered kind of like a piece of fruit, y'all, in anticipation of becoming, uh, watch the volume if kids are around, a sex slave for the king. Okay, can someone give me a yikes? I emphasized a couple words there because I really wanted you to hear that this isn't some sort of beauty contest where all the women lined the streets and the men went through and they're like, you're the most beautiful, you're the most beautiful. And it was this complimentary sort of thing where the women felt like they were chosen because of their great beauty and they were so excited about that. No, they were taken from their homes savagely, okay? And they were put in custody of this eunuch they had never met before. They were plucked from life as they know it just because they were beautiful beautiful young virgins. And y'all, I don't even want to speculate as to how young some of these girls probably were. It's a painful thought. But these were young girls taken from their families to go live at the king's palace, never to return to life as normal. Okay, now let's go on in chapter two, verse 12. Before a young woman's turn came to go into King Xerxes, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments prescribed for the women, six months with oil of myrrh and six months with perfume and cosmetics. Now, let me explain that because I've heard a lot of people talk about this as like a spa day that goes on for a year, but let's give it some context, okay? Remember, Esther's people were in exile and they lived in a dry, arid climate, so they would have had outdoor skin, not indoor skin, okay? If you've ever been skiing or worked outside a lot in sunny conditions, you know how leathery and dry your skin can get. 
Well, in order to be with the king, a woman had to have soft, smooth, shall I say, indoor skin. And that kind of helps you understand how it could have taken 12 months to get ready for your night with the king, right? Because skin doesn't change in a day. Likewise, I want to pause and mention her food. I've even heard it said that these women were in the palace to work out and like eat low carb so that they could get hot for the king. But this couldn't be further from the truth. Culturally, we know that the standard of beauty for women in this day would have been a full plump figure. Chances are Esther was too skinny. She may not have been starving, but given her station in life financially, she likely wasn't feasting on anything very fattening very often. So an important part of the beautification process for her was to not just get good skin, but it was probably to gain some weight so she could be more attractive to the king. Now let's go back to the Bible. Verse 13 of chapter 2. And this is how she would go into the king. Anything she wanted was given her to take with her from the harem to the king's palace. In the evening, she would go there and in the morning return to another part of the harem in the care of Shagaz, the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the concubines. She would not return to the king unless he was pleased with her and summoned her by name. When the turn came for Esther, the young woman Mordecai had adopted, the daughter of his uncle, Abihail, to go to the king, she asked for nothing other than what Haggai, the king's eunuch who was in charge of the harem, suggested, and Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. Now let's pause here for one more second. She won favor not because of how beautiful she was, but because she wasn't greedy. All these other women were like, hey, we're in slavery. This is my only chance to get something for my pain and my trouble. I want this. I want this. I want this. But Esther laid down her desires and in many ways humbled herself. And this is how she won favor. Now, verse 16 says this. She was taken to King Xerxes in the royal residence of the 10th month, the month of Tibeth, in the seventh year of his reign. Now, the king was attracted to Esther more than to any of the other women, and she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. And the king gave a great banquet, Esther's banquet, for all his nobles and officials. He proclaimed a holiday throughout the provinces and distributed gifts with royal liberality. In other words, the king loved her so much he cut taxes, which I think is kind of funny. We'll be right back with the rest of the story after this quick break. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. But this isn't where the story ends. You see, Esther didn't start sharing the palace with the king. She didn't get to sit beside him in her own throne, kind of like we see when we see an ancient king and queen in a television show or movie. That wasn't the arrangement. 
Some scholars believe that there may have been a thousand virgins who were rounded up the same day as Esther. Each one went through the same process to be ready for their one night with the king. And even if the king liked them a lot, they went into the harem with all the other women he'd already slept with. She couldn't go get married and have a family. No, she was the king's property. So picture this. The king has a pool of women that he hasn't slept with yet and a pool of women whom he has slept with. And then there's Esther. Now, it'd be nice to think of this as a fairy tale, like the king meets Esther, his one true love, and he sends all the other women away. But that's just not the way it worked. When we look at the second part of the story, we'll talk more about how Esther is scared to approach the king because she tells us in chapter four that it had been more than 30 days since he had called for her. This is not Prince Charming who has found his one true love. This is a guy who uses women and discards them into a pile. Esther's beauty helped her get there, but it was her kindness, obedience, and desire to honor God that saved her and her people. So what's our takeaway here? I think our biggest takeaway needs to be that beauty always has a purpose or something else I like to say a lot is that God has given us everything we need physically to accomplish his purpose for our lives. Friends, let's not glamorize what happened to the beautiful Esther. I don't mean to be a downer. I'm not trying to be that way at all, but I feel like for so long in the church, Esther has been set up as this beautiful queen who had this glamorous Cinderella type life and that couldn't be further from the truth. Yes, she was beautiful. Yes, God used her physical beauty to her advantage. But that wasn't all, friends. It was how she decided to act, how she decided to listen to the advice of, of the eunuchs and, and essentially her, her slave boss, right? It was how she decided to be gracious and kind instead of greedy, and demanding. These are the attributes that most likely won Esther favor with those who managed her and also with the king. The other thing to remember is this was a virgin girl who was ripped from her family after losing her parents, taken to the palace, and then expected to delight the king in the bedroom one night. Yikes! Can you imagine the pressure of that situation? Can you imagine the stress of that situation? Friends, let's not oversimplify and over glamorize Esther's life just because we know she was a beautiful woman. She still had the same, if not harder, struggles than many of us do. She still had the responsibility of being beautiful on the inside too. And ultimately, I think what we see in the story is how her tenacity, her courage, her strength in the Lord, her trust in God, and her willingness, like I said, to be kind and gracious, those are the qualities that set her apart from the other beautiful women. It was that inner beauty that actually helped her shine brightest. Well, that's all for seven-ish minutes of scripture today. We went a little over. Sorry, it's such a big story. I'm so glad you listened today. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. The Compare Do Show is part of the Life Audio Network of Podcasts. For great podcast content, check out lifeaudio.com. 
Are you looking to give your child a well-rounded education while ensuring positive socialization opportunities and their ability to succeed in life? Consider joining Classical Conversations community and homeschooling alongside local families. Led by a trained licensed director, families learn through Classical Conversations' proven Christ-centered curriculum together in a community. With locations in all 50 states and over 50 countries, there is bound to be a community near you. To find yours today, visit classicalconversations.com forward slash compared to who. If you're hearing this right now, you're probably like, who the heck is this and why are they playing during my favorite podcast? And I get it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to introduce myself. My name is Trevor Tyson, and I'm the host of Trevor Talks, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. I just want to invite you, if you love podcasts, if you love music, if you love books and love hearing from the people who create it, come check us out at Trevor Talks. Simply go to Google or Life Audio, type in Trevor Talks, and it'll pop on up. Hope you have a great day.